Hello, and welcome to Dragon's Trail, episode three. Tonight, I'm joined by Troy. Hello. And my brother, Jace. Hi. In this episode, we're going to be talking about brains versus brawn, your magic users versus your physical users. Enjoy. Okay, episode three, brains versus brawn. Uh, I find myself playing magic characters very, very exclusively. I don't know about you guys. Troy, what do you think? Uh, I mean, recently I've been going half and half. Uh, you know, I've been bouncing back and forth between Sorcerer and Rogue. Um, you know, this next campaign I'm playing a Cleric for the first time. So a little bit different angle on the magic. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I, I really like uh, both of them. I enjoy playing both styles. Um, it really uh, gives you a different chance to role play completely like different than what you, uh, you know, both of them are, are totally different. So I like that. Yeah. And Jace? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I play uh, Magic Casters primarily. Uh, I don't know. Uh, every once in a while I'll play a good old melee character, but they're just not the same in my mind. You know, the, the, uh, the take on how you have to play them is different, and uh, just the class fantasy more than anything. Yeah. That is a big point. Magic users, they do have more of that draw for me and i think it does have to do with because that's magic and i obviously can't use magic in real life absolutely (laughs) i i can go outside and swing a sword though that's true um so anyway the what i'm really wanting to look at though is uh the versatility of having both of those in a game um let's look at you know these like extremes let's look at where the whole party is magic users maybe the whole party is uh, physical or melee based, and uh, why it's good to have a mix. Oh yeah, absolutely. Between. Okay. So first off, all magic users. Here we go. From a DM standpoint, Jace, what are some immediate hurdles that you see? Um. Well, uh, in five E, it's not near as bad as it used to be, but uh, back in three point five. If you had a wizard in your party and you were planning on carrying out that campaign uh, any high level at all, uh, it eventually got to a point where you pretty well couldn't do anything. Like as the DM, uh, they had a build called the Batman Wizard, and it was because he was able to get himself out of any predicament that you came up with, and you kind of just had to hold that. Like you could keep throwing stuff at him, but he would just, if he was smart enough, he would just dominate you. So. I mean, that's that was always uh, very interesting to play with. Wow, yeah, I bet. That's the kind of stuff that I see is uh, with 5th edition that it's, it's sort of... I don't want to say that it's difficult to break the game because it's not, but in the same token, there are... I feel like a, a lot of tools at my disposal, which I guess for any edition, you know, but I just play a lot of fifth edition. That's why I'm saying this. Yeah. It, I'm comfortable with fifth edition's tools mm-hmm. in order to kind of har- harbor that, uh, that, that level of, of power, I guess. Yeah. 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 That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so, um, so then Troy, uh, because you're not a DM, uh, what is some hurdles that you would see as a player 
playing in a party of all magic users? Um, well, sometimes it, it just depends on your party. Um, you know, when when you are throwing that magic around and you do feel, especially when you're when you know how to use that class, you can become very powerful. Like you said, 5e is not as um, easy to break as 3.5 was, but I can definitely see um, a scenario where you have too many uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians, so to speak. Because um, mm. you're all trying to, to be as powerful as possible, and it's not... Um, to me, it's just not as fun because you're not it's you're not meshing together yeah. very well as a yeah, role playing. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, so um, you know that would be a problem that I could see with that. Um, I think we've come close a couple of times. I think we've only had we've had like four or five magic users and only one other melee. Um, but even then, it still kind of helps balance it out because you have that. Hey, I'm gonna go let this guy hit me in the face while I take all the damage, and you guys just blast him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. We ha- I mean, we have we have had some interesting interesting party compositions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the ideal party has a a decent mix of both. Like they shred yeah. di- or they they spread around the different bits of melee, ranged and um and uh arcane and divine magics. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. this next campaign we got has a pretty good mix. I think it's we don't really have a, a straight up like non-magic melee coming in. Uh not right now at least, but um, you know, our, our, it looks kind of like our druid is going to be that role uh, with, you know, polymorphing himself into a, a or uh, whatever he's going to do at third level. But, right. you know, into a bear and then kind of take that. He's going to be the sponge as that. So yeah. that'll be interesting well, to see. That'll be that'll be super interesting to see. And we're going to table that idea because the druid is is very special class when it comes to bridging yeah the the brand versus bronze so we will come back to that okay um yeah okay so it it is dependent on the way that the party plays because you could have a bunch of utility magic users yeah that are able to you know out outperform your expectations when it comes to certain role-playing settings there's things that you'll be able to throw at them as a dm that they'll easily be able to be able to overcome there are also things though that they'll just get stomped on you know For and i sure. think that combat uh i think combat's a big one for an all magic user for any magic user yeah. you know you're a glass cannon exactly for one thing and in fifth edition i i think that there are classes that exemplify that uh your sorcerer not as much as the wizard but uh, the sorcerer and the warlock, they still kind of have a frail feel to them. Yep. And that comes down to, you know, um, armor choices, weapon choices. Thing. I mean, yeah, you can sacrifice ability score increase and take a feat if you wanted to, if that's how you were going to play it. Uh, sort of an all-rounder kind of uh, magic user. But the way that I play magic users is... Well, just like, you know, you would think of the glass as a glass cannon. I tend to kind of go heavy on the uh, making sure that whatever my spell casting uh, ability is, is as high as it can be. I try to take items. I try to take feats that definitely supplement using magic as opposed to keeping myself alive. Uh, that being said, I don't ever, I, it's very, very rare that I ever put anything into a constitution with a magic user 
-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, my reasoning behind that is it can be, it can be better suited elsewhere. Um, I, you know, even I would value dexterity for a magic user over constitution and leave, leave the, the having health thing to, you know, like your tank. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's how I view that. Now, there are plenty of situations where that has shot me in the foot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely can. It's uh, amazing how fast it can backfire. And 3.5 does a wonderful job of uh, ending a certain amount of the frailness of, uh, of these different uh, spellcasting classes. Because, you know, like back in the day, when you'd have a class that had like a D4 or a freaking D6 health, you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to get cucked by everything and anything. Uh, yep. And here it's not near as bad, you know. It, it, that right, just that extra, you know, D two that they give you just really helps out a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, so then now let's transition and look at our melee based um, same order as a DM. Jace, what are some initial hurdles that you see if you had a party that was consisting of all melee characters? Um, I don't know if it would be a hurdle per se. Uh, there's different kinds of challenges that you can throw at them. So like a melee party in 5e uh, is going to be able to do a lot of damage. Uh, just just like at beginning levels, at mid-levels, they're just going to do a lot of damage. So you have to be a little bit more tactical in your fights of, of uh, you know, like this has a certain thing that happens. Uh, you have to like... Like, fight this guy over here while protecting this guy. Because if you do face him with any, like, uh, straight-on thing, they're just going to raffle stop it. And at the same token, you can throw a lot more magical uh, kind of traps and other things at the party uh, that they won't just be able to uh, deal with for free. So it's, uh, it's kind of a different take on it. And then, like, at the 3.5 side, uh, you have to build a campaign where you're, uh, you're giving your uh, characters items constantly uh because a like a fighter or any other melee class is only as good as its items are in that game yeah that is true 3.5 is is a more loot based set of rules mm -hmm. especially for melee yeah. Yeah, in for fact sure. entirely because of melee uh so troy being in a in a group of of players what is something that would concern you I mean, Jace kind of touched on it. Anything that has to do, because, like, I mean, you were talking about it earlier. Like, this is a fantasy game. This is, that's why a lot of people, uh, like yourself, kind of gravitate toward that magic user. Um, so, anytime there's anything magic that happens, I mean, most of the time for those melee characters, they're not gonna know how it's happening or why it's happening or what's you know what's causing this magical thing to to happen. And there's so no you're talking from a from a role playing perspective, kind of. But even if you just take not even melee, but when yeah, role playing, I guess. But whenever you get to a challenge like a puzzle, if it's a magical puzzle or something like that, then you're, you know, SOL. So um, you know, and DMs will throw that at you all the time because they like to give you a, a mix of everything. Um, you know, if if your DMs, you know, up to snuff. So, uh, you know, if you have nothing but melee, then, you, I mean, it's a very easy way to get, you know, stuck on a dead-end road because you can't okay. get past a certain spot. And, I, yeah, I mean, I, I hope your DM, what like, if, if your party chooses to do that, I hope your DM doesn't do that to you and says, well, re-roll next time, or this sure. ends the campaign. But, 
But you know right. what I mean? Like, if something happens with with requiring magic or, you know, like a, a simple dispel magic spell to get past this or to make it a lot easier, then that, that becomes a big issue. Right, and, and you're not... And that... Just to clarify, that's more what you're talking about is being able to uh, sense the presence of, of danger. Not necessarily like uh, something that comes to my mind is a barbarian that, you know, has like some odd background, you know, where yeah. they where they're proficient in arcana or something. Yeah. No, uh, I'm saying not Yeah. Right, you're you're talking about being able to uh, deal with op- with magical obstacles that are thrown at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, that is something that uh, I actually hadn't even thought about. I think I was I was thinking, uh, combat wise, what that where Jace went, that's where my <laughs> mind was going. So that's actually a very interesting uh, point to bring up because yeah, that happens a lot mm-hmm. where there's some some you know ward or or uh sigil that is magical in nature and maybe it's preventing you from moving in that particular direction so that's or even my my, you know some of my favorite parts of the of the game is whenever um when you were uh, you know jason you were pretty much been my only dms uh you know when you guys like to throw that lore in there and a lot of times it to get the to the lore it requires you know one of your uh, party members to make a really good arcana check or they have to be able to recognize that this is just a magical item it's not just a normal book or a normal mm-hmm. sword or anything like that so i mean you could have something you could have a magical item that that gets dropped in especially like jay said in 3.5 uh when we went through that campaign magic items were very important and if you don't know yeah. what you're using then i mean you could have a cursed weapon and then six days later it's not a very good thing to have anymore yeah and you couldn't identify it exactly so you don't know what's going on you don't know what's causing it you don't know if you know there's a there's something uh some entity causing it to you i mean but it could be as simple as you stole gold from a a chest you shouldn't have yeah fun fact in the earlier games um the only way for uh certain melee classes to get experiences to after a certain point is to break magical items so they didn't care they would just uh take the item and then break it hmm wow I, I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it would make a That's lot of people mad. They'd be like, I want to roll to figure out what this item is. I snap it in half. <laughs> wow. Okay, two, two that, 2,000 XP for that. Yeah, basically. It was pretty funny. Yeah. So what we went over, I mean, it, it kind of seems silly because, you know, what... Unless there was some particular design, you know, what party are you going to fall into where, you know, you're all one side or the other? It's probably not going to happen. But the point that I'm trying to make is that there is a need for both. Mm-hmm. And and there's a big need for both. And a lot of times um, I know that when you look at a party composition, you tend to, you know, look at it in a hierarchical kind of view. Yep. Where this okay, well, we, we need this class and we need this class. And, and to me, that is looking at it too, too statistically. That's looking at it too much like a video game. Yeah. You know, where, you, where you've got roles that it needs set. I think 4th edition did that. I'm not really familiar with 4th edition rules. I skipped it. But I, <laughs> yeah, I think for the, the very, very brief 
uh, articles that I read about fourth edition, I think that's how it played was that you had a tank roll, you had a healer roll, and then you had damage rolls or DPS rolls. That's not something that I want to play. And as soon as I was able to kind of break away from that trope, I was able to enjoy the game more. Mm -hmm. Now, the Druid. Super, super important class to the game. I believe the Druid balances both worlds. And if you were wanting to dip your toe into, you know, playing a magic user, I think a Druid is a great a great class to play. Yeah. For that reason. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting. In that same vein, uh, one of the best ones to uh, to use would be like a... Uh, would be like... Uh, think you had a stroke yeah i did have a stroke i'm sorry my brain broke uh is a uh warlock because the warlock's essentially the human fighter of uh of spell casters it has spells that that regenerate on a short rest uh but for the most part it's just blasting freaking um uh eldritch blast most of the time yeah yeah so it's uh it's a great way to get involved and have spells Without overwhelming yourself with the sheer amount of like, what do I cast? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that that's good right yeah. there. I in fact, uh, I think you have said that about the warlock before uh, to me in passing, and I think that is a great that's a great point because it is true. I mean, the warlock, any warlock I've ever played with, is very very good about blasting his way through whatever problem <laughs> yeah yeah and, may, and maybe that is uh subjective to the guys that have played warlocks around me um but i think that there's more to it than that because they are more combat oriented yeah yeah and they're uh i was talking i was speaking more about the meat and potatoes a lot of people uh they they tend to shy away from the uh, magic classes because they are a little bit more in depth, you know, like they do have a little bit mm-hmm. more uh, character to them than the other classes, and they're like, man, I don't they really have more reading. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, they, well, you got to it right <laughs> That's there. What it is. Um, yeah. And people are like, I don't know if I want to read all of this stuff to be able to play yep. this class, so I'll just, I'll just pick a human fighter. You know, now which that is was fine. How I started. Yeah, that's kind of how I started because, you know, we, I got convinced to play with very little notice and then I had to borrow one of your guys' handbooks to, to do it. So it was the night night of and I was like, I, there's no way I can understand how to do any of the spellcasting stuff. So what's easy? Oh, sneak attack. Sneak attack sounds easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think every player that starts playing needs to start with a uh, melee or a range-based yeah. class and just shy away from the spells until they can you know, kind of learn the game enough to understand the next complexity level of it. But I do mm-hmm. like how, uh, especially in 5th in edition with me getting more uh, you know, involved with that and, and understanding a little bit better because 3.5 was um, you know, right at the beginning for me, but I do like, uh, there's only like two classes that I can think of from the original classes that have zero spells like even your ranger starting to get higher levels has 
has spells to throw out too. So it kind of even if you did want to start out with a simple, um, a simple class like ranger or whatever, like you were saying with your range stuff, then uh, it still like gets you a little bit more in depth with spells later on. Like it, it kind of gets your feet wet. Yeah, but the ranger was garbage in the old one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just that that's just how that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, revised ranger is the way to go. Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, uh, well, I was talking about three point five, but the uh, I, I like five E's take on how they've uh, distributed power curves mm-hmm. between the magic classes a little bit more. They made the early game not suck as much, and the late game not as overpowering. Whereas, yeah. like, if you in three point five, if you weren't a magic class, then um, you were a bottom tier class. Exactly. And then even you know certain ones of the magic classes were good and everybody else just kind of was there uh so it's there was a big disparity in it and i like that they've kind of closed the gap with that um and really just made it more accessible uh to be able to cast magic that's what i was getting ready to say it is phenomenally easier to understand how to use a spell how to prepare a spell how many spells you have in fifth edition than in 3.5 i know a guy i'm thinking of him right now had he played pathfinder um so D you know, 3.75 yeah <laughs> yeah if, and he had never ever thought about playing a magic user because it was difficult for him to comprehend and he felt that was going to take away from the fun of the game because mm-hmm. there was it was rules based and it was so rules heavy that he didn't think he'd enjoy it. Uh, introduce him to fifth edition. You know, we go through some spells, we go through some magic users, and it's coincidentally, dude picks a warlock as his first five E character that he makes. And I, I did like a uh, where it was just me DMing and he was the player. You know, we did a couple sessions of that to get him familiar with the rules. I I did the uh, Lost Mine of Fandelver adventure. We we didn't complete it or get even close. But the point was that he would be introduced to using magic, and it was he loved it. He really did enjoy it, and in fact, he's uh he's playing a sorcerer now in the campaign we're getting ready to play. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Jeffrey. Good boy, Jeff. Jeffrey Dahmer. That's right. <laughs> no. Don't, don't no, say that. God, no. <laughs> We're going to get... I'm going to have to mark it as explicit now. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> for making a reference. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, so the Warlock being the fighter of the Magic users in 5th edition is... Uh, is a great point to take um, the druid bridging the gap. I think the druid has enough versatility for both sides of the fence, even without polymorphing. Yeah, yeah. depending on how you I, how you play it. If you do like a circle mm-hmm. of the moon, then you're more like akin to a spellcaster or a circle of the land. Am I getting it mixed right. up? No, circle of the moon. That's your uh, that's your transformer. Okay. Yeah, the circle of the moon is a little bit more uh, melee based and then the uh, circle of the land is a little bit more spell casting so yeah no you you just flopped those oh did i 
Well, yeah. which is the yeah. one circle that of the moon is your that that's the circle of the moon. Then that's I said that right, didn't I? I don't, I guess I don't yeah, know but what but there's more there's more um, <laughs> there's more of that magical overtone to the circle of the moon than the other. Oh, absolutely. I was just talking about how like not the thematic of the class, like how it's actually played. Of the I oh I, I turn into okay. a bear and I run up and smack it. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. my bad then. Yeah, that's what I was trying to convey. Yeah, that is. Uh, I see. I see the point that you're making there. Yeah, to me, the circle of the moon is your more magic heavy class, but I I totally get where you're. Where and that's you're what from. that's what our party's gonna have in it, right? Is the circle of the moon, like Jay said, turn into a bear. I'm gonna go up and hit it and take the damage. Well, he's also going to be a yeah. barbarian too, so it's not like a true druid. It's like that. It's a dip in druid. Okay. Yeah, um, so anyway, uh, you know, it takes a good, it takes a good party, uh, to get through higher level adventures. <laughs> yeah, or, absolutely. And to, to be a good party, uh, there needs to be, there needs to be a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. And I don't, I don't agree with... Uh, classes being better than the other in the sense of raw damage output. I don't think that's a fair comparison. I don't think it is anymore. I think, like Jace was saying, there, uh, especially when you got to later later level stuff, um, 3.5, I could definitely see that, but I don't think it is anymore mm-hmm. uh, like that. And I think 5e did a great job of, like Jace said, distributing the power and, and kind of leveling the playing field. So you, So there's really no wrong choice. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to make a good mix for your party, there's really no wrong choice uh, where you can go. I do kind of yeah. think that bards are the strongest class in the game, though. Well, like, I, you know, it's just subjective. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Is it's just subjective because there, I mean, I can think of uh, scenarios off the top of my head where uh, a bard, you know, even if they're not the forefront, they can definitely be a huge asset, a huge benefit to the party. I can think of some that the bard's not going to be able to bring much to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, other than inspiration being, you know, I, I get that that's kind of their meat and potatoes. That's the whole point of the bard. Um, but there are some other of those colleges that don't focus on that yeah. as much. Um, like the college of, is it the college of lore? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. and there's also um, the blade and stuff that is, yeah right that's not that's not your traditional bard focus mm-hmm. um so you know it does it just take it takes a little bit of everything play every class yeah uh don't don't ever limit yourself because you're afraid of using magic that's typically what i've seen is is it comes down to there's too much reading or it's not going to be fun i mean really get get with a table couple players who have played magic classes let them explain it to you Uh, i use a lot of shortcuts when i'm making uh, magic classes how to remember the rules and things Uh, it really is pretty simple after you get into it yeah it is fifth edition did a great job with that you know and and to piggyback off that i think you should you know definitely play every class uh, whenever you can through all your different campaigns and stuff with your with your partner with your group uh, but also make sure, like, if you are afraid to make that transition from one side or the other, if you're, uh, like, I've only ever played Magic because I think that's really cool, 
like at least try melee once, like a of a, a melee focused uh, character, because I think that really helps with role playing. Like you then understand what the pro like thought process is as a player at the table. You really understand what what uh, you know your melee guys going through. You really understand if you've never done magic and if you finally try it, then you understand what their you know thought process is and everything like that. It kind of helps you mesh together a little bit better um, as a group and it. You know, it, it doesn't. It helps you to also not be like if you're the only magic guy, uh, or if you're the magic only guy, I should say. It helps you not to try to be the the highlight of the show every single time, too. Yeah, definitely. And that's a big thing. Uh, like we've always kind of the last couple episodes that we've done. Uh, you know, we do say that having fun is the most important aspect of the game, and that's true. You know, yep. no matter what it is that we're talking about, at the end of the day. If you're not having fun, then why are you playing? Exactly. There's no point. Right. Um, that pretty well covers it for me. I don't know if you guys have anything else that you want to add. Uh, not, not in particular, no. No. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is an easy discussion. This is something that is uh, uh, very, very at the forefront of, especially when you're getting ready to play for your first time you know you're just getting into the hobby this is this is definitely something to consider uh just thinking about the classes in these ways um you know i the the best experiences that i have is playing a magic user there are people who you know the best experience they have is playing melee it all comes down to personal preference but don't be afraid to play every single class um yeah give everything just like troy says Hey, play yeah. it play it for a while if you don't like it for a little bit keep holding out because it's interesting to see the power curves of classes how like some classes oh, yeah. are weak at one level and get a lot stronger at another and you know like definitely you got to keep in mind that the game was balanced around people being about level 10 so yeah uh, yeah and i mean you know you look at you look at your level three character you're not having as much fun with wait till level six yeah yep you know you'll I, the classes really open up around that level five level six area yeah they really start to hit their niche so one last point that i that i had to uh to kind of piggyback off what you were saying tristan is uh you know we were talking about especially i was talking about my experience of being too afraid to to try that magic class i didn't have enough time well take the time uh you know don't be afraid to start your first session with a magic class you know uh, make that jump make that leap because it can be a lot of fun especially uh you know, your first time into the game, there are a lot of rules. But if you take that that time before the session and, and figure figure it out, the basics of it, you'll learn with the game too. So oh, don't yeah. don't be afraid to jump in just straight as a magic user. Yeah, there's plenty of podcasts out there. Um, yeah. people playing. There's plenty of YouTube videos of people explaining the rules. Uh, so you know there are resources out there. But, yeah, you're right. The best resource that you can have is by sitting down at a table with people and learning the game and hashing out the rules the old-fashioned way. Um, that's that's brains versus brawn in a nutshell. Um, I, I don't have anything else to add. I think these guys have pretty well covered what it is that they want to say. Um, anyway, uh, we will see you guys next week at noon. That's Saturday at noon uh that's when dragon's trove episodes will be releasing um and they, again you know i don't know what i'm even going to talk about and you're not going to know until you start listening to it 
So, Jace, go ahead and send us off with a famous goodbye. Bye. See you guys.